Welcome everyone to How Winners Win. I am Daniel Blue. As always, I am joined by my co-host, Keita Spears, a.k.a. Haiki. What up, winners? You want to tell, tell a funny story, dude? You don't even know about this, Keita. Roland isn't either, and our guest isn't either. So I come back from a break here in the office, and you haven't met Patricia's dog. So Patricia is one of our employees. She's a sweetheart, and she got this new dog. And the dog is just amazing. I, I love the dog. Little little ass, little asshole. All the dogs are assholes, and I have three of them, right? <laughs> and um, yeah, so I, she I, she leaves. I leave. I come in the uh, the studio here, the conference room, and I, I I get a whiff. I'm like, I'm like, that don't smell normal. And then I walk over behind the table. There's a pile of shit i'm like fuck we got a guest from our podcast coming in two hours so i open up the door it's 100 degrees out there hot as shit so luckily the smell of shit it's not too bad right i didn't i didn't notice so had you not told me i would have not known that i'm inhaling fecal matter yes as we speak yes yes (laughs) you you gotta love that right i love it dude i mean like i said i got five assholes you got three assholes so how many assholes do you have curtis two assholes yeah so 10 assholes at the time Yeah. Well, Sheesh. Roland's got two, so that's twelve <laughs> assholes, yeah. man. <laughs> Dude, you know our dogs are like our kids, right? Hundred percent, these bro. damn fur kids. So, guys really excited for today's episode on how winners win and again if this is your first time checking in we want to help you guys win your personal lives your entrepreneurial lives your financial lives and today's guest is going to help you in in all three areas he's a dear friend of mine he's someone that i look up to someone that uh, i aspire to be because he's got his shit in order and he's been through a lot of battles Uh, he owns his own hedge fund he's in the lending business pretty sure he owns and Curtis can tell us uh, a few properties out in Puerto Rico. He's one of the people you read about, guys, that moves to Puerto Rico for the tax benefits, right? So he's coming in the office looking like he's from Hawaii, Jamaica, <laughs> and Portland. Puerto Rico. Yeah, Puerto Rico. Portland. That's very true, bro. <laughs> so without further, further ado, we've got Curtis Nally in the house. Welcome to the show, bro. Dude, thank you so much for being on here, bro. We've been friends for so many years. And I've I still have not been on your podcast. This I is know. a great day. And is. I didn't want to do it remote. I feel like we would bro. do it disservice to the audience ourselves if we did it remote. Yeah, yeah the I energy agree, would bro. be different. So yeah. I'm glad it, you're here in the office. In person uh, podcast, they definitely hit different. So I, did, I agree, bro. You, like you said, you and I have gone back. I mean, should we've been friends, known each other for damn near ten years. And with where you are right now, so you're out in Puerto Rico. You know, you've, you've got a, a partner in Courtney. She's amazing. I love Courtney. You guys have a great relationship, doing really well in, in, in Puerto Rico. I know you own some real estate. You've got a hedge fund. Like you're, you're doing really well on the outside. But like anyone else, I, I know you've got your struggles on the inside. You and I talk often. And we're just, you know, going through some challenges, right? 100%. So w- with the success that you have right now, like what are, what do you think has like been the biggest kind of challenge over the last couple of years that has allowed you to be where you are today? Ooh, that's a great question, bro. And I'm going to try to answer this question without any form of emotions. Um, Cause I think that this is actually an emotional question for, for me to answer, frankly. Um, so I did a disservice to myself when I built my company and that disservice to myself was um, my head was very far up my butt Um, and I didn't understand life as how I understand it today. So I was on that hustle mindset, that Gary V mindset, 
like work every day, grind, do all this stuff. And during that time, I buried like my grandparents. And those two people were like my parents' parents. They raised me for when I was like a little boy and all that other stuff, right? Um, And then after I buried them, I had looked at my life and I had accomplished all my goals, bro. Like all my hairy, audacious goals that they tell you to set, crushed all that shit, bro. Crushed it. Um, Had a few million in liquid in my bank account. Uh, owned the dopest house you've ever wanted to ever own, beachfront. Um, and you're in Puerto Rico at this time. Yeah, in Puerto Rico. Um, and it hit like a wall, bro. Um, and it was, dude, like really devastating. It was like, imagine that you, everyone in your life said, you you can't climb Everest. It's impossible. So then one day you climb that bitch. And then you look at the top and you're like, shit, dude, there is no more peace, man. Like, what am I supposed to do? And um, that was hard. It was really, really hard. And I don't think, I don't think anybody speaks about this in business, bro. We over glamorize like all the crap that we do when we're doing it or after we've accomplished it. And the fact of the matter is, dude, when you're growing a company, the best thing that anybody does say is fall in love with the process because that is what's important about the company. Um, and I'm actually tell people anymore, dude, don't try to set hairy audacious goals because you want to build your life in a way in which you have balance and people don't set goals with balance, bro. People set goals with, I want to own the boat. I want to own the car. I want to have the girl. Well, I'm telling you all right now that's listening to this, I've had, I have the boat, I have the girl, I have the properties, I have the money, I even have health in my life, bro. Like, this is, these are things that most people do not have, and thank God that I have them. Like, holy shit. And I'm only 38. But why then was I sad? Or why then was I depressed? And I think that has a lot to do with, there's an emotion called ennui, that no one studies about that I learned a lot about and have studied over the last three years about it. And ennui is just the emotion in which you feel you've accomplished everything in the world and there's nothing more to accomplish. Um, and this is when my pursuit in life changed completely. Um, I no longer have a desire to make more money. I don't have a desire to drive nicer cars or be with different people or something of that nature. I do have an extreme desire to have amazing connections with the people that I know, like you, for example, um, or my family members, like people that are really amazing people. Um, And it's really important for me to find the balance that we so seek of how long should I work out, right? Um, What should I eat every day? What should I say to my partner every day to make her feel special? Um, Then... On top of all that, what are the tasks that I need to do in my professional organizations in which I can be the best leader to the men and women that matter in my life, which are my team, right? Um, Because my team, they're not multimillionaires yet. They deserve to be. Um, And I believe the only way I can get them there is by being a better leader to them. So I guess that would be the best way to answer that question, man. 
Let's go back to that call because I was, I remember I was in the office behind me in the same building that we're in right now. I called you, we're just shooting the shit. And I just heard in your voice, like you were sad. And I think this is right when you were burying your grandpa in Utah, if I remember correctly. So Wyoming, I think it's important to provide some context because I think it's really easy for people to lose that desire, kind of get into a, a funk, be depressed when you know, something catastrophic happens, right? You know, they, they lose a family member, they go through a challenge in business, they get fired, right? They, they relapse on drugs or on alcohol. So none of that happened to you, except you obviously lost your, your grandpa, but I think there were some underlying things that were going on and your grandpa just was just the, the thing that just sent you over the top, right? So 100%. What were some things that allowed you to like look in the mirror and be like, man, like this is wrong. And I think when you were saying this, uh, uh, Curtis and and Kita, I'd be curious for your uh, opinion on this matter. When people kind of go through something like Curtis, I feel like it's really easy for people to all of a sudden just turn to God. And I'm religious. I believe in God. So I'm not here to talk down on religion, but I feel like when people go through kind of a life crisis, then all of a sudden it's like, I've been saved by God and, you know, I go to church every Sunday and you should pray. And again, I'm not talking down on those people. I, I pray every day, but I kind of feel like Curtis is maybe in a situation like that where like, people just turn to something like dramatic in their life. Yeah, you, I feel like it's either you turn towards it or you turn away. Oh, dude, the opposite side is, you know, true. like, man, this shouldn't have happened to me. This shouldn't have happened to, to grandpa or grandma. This shouldn't have happened to anyone around me that I feel that I feel wronged. You know, and then now you're going the exact opposite direction, which is a legitimate emotion at that time, you know, because you're frustrated. You're not understanding why the bigger picture is very fucking hazy at that moment, because it's just the emotional weight of I can't pick up the phone and get that advice anymore. So I felt that way before, you know, so I, I know both sides of like saying, fuck this shit. This this was this didn't make sense. Like this ain't for me. Like this clearly don't work to realizing man, everything really does happen to you, for you, not to you. And there was a reason why I went through all those trials and tribulations. So I I understand both sides. I definitely get the, you know, going towards faith and having that, you know, unwavering, like, man, I got to look up. And then a lot of times looking up requires you to look inward too. Like what's going on inside of here that's causing me to feel this way? Because we all know the, the cause was, we lost somebody, but the effect of it now is how do we move forward? Right. And then That's how do we true. move forward? Cause we're affecting so many other people cause we're interconnected. You've got a team, you've got a partner, you've got other family that's going to rely on you now to step up. How do you deal with that? And that's kind of what I know you probably had to experience all at the same time. Right, dude. The best way I can relate it is especially in, in reference to like the, the metaphorical thing of like, uh, a greater power. I'm very religious, uh, believe in God. Uh, I just have a different view than most people. And I believe that, um, I was created in his, his image. If he is a, he, um, Dude, I, I, out of yeah. all my friends, I think you do look like Jesus the most. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the beard. Yeah. I mean, guys, if you're not watching this on YouTube, I mean, Curtis has a, a gnarly beard and, uh, I mean, he definitely does look like homeboy. Right? I do not put on a Harris. I hate, <laughs> actually it's my true existence in life. Um, I hate putting on airs. I hate classism. Um, 
and so much of society is built around this. But we all need to learn, dude. We're all deities in our own right. We're all made in the image of a higher power. So we're doing a disservice to everybody around us and the higher power ourselves if we're not living to the best of our abilities to uplift, to encourage, to do those things to ourselves and to the people that are around us. Dude, this is why we're friends, bro. Like, dude, you are a man who, when you get kicked in the teeth, you run a hundred miles, bro. Right just now. to be like, dude, I got kicked in the teeth and I just wanted to show you guys after I was bleeding on the floor that I could still run a hundred miles. Dude, that is completely impressive. And that's why, like, you will always be um, successful, driven. You always have great people around your life. You always have great um, friends, great family members, because dude, you're, you're, you win every day, even though you go through hard times in your business or I go through hard times in my business. But personally, bro, you win every day. You do the right things every day. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I appreciate that. And with looking at, okay, every day, yeah, we can come away with, we won that day, but going back to when you were in your funk and you and your, you and your down days, I know you didn't feel like you were winning no. every single day. So when you, and I think this can really resonate with, with some of the people listening where like, maybe you're making really good money. You know, you have a, a happy relationship with your, your wife, your, your partner. Um, you're just doing really, really well. Like you're, you're doing, you know, maybe some of the, the, the best things in your life at this point in time, but your cup isn't full. Yeah. Right. And that's really what, what you're saying is, is you were winning in different areas in your life, probably taking a step back, some of the, the, the most winning you've ever done in your life, but your cup wasn't full. Right. So like, how long so were you in that true. position where you were in that funk, your cup wasn't full and what did you do to, to fill your cup and, you know, start finding some, some passion, some, you know, back to that old Curtis. Um, well, I think my, I've changed because I'm still, part of me is still going to be in that funk and always going to be in that funk because I've, I've done things that probably most people shouldn't do. Um, and that is, I mean, I created loan products and I did built big business and I took on all these stresses and I don't believe that people should do those things. I believe that people should um, take on the risks that they feel comfortable with to make the money that they feel comfortable with, but to pursue life in balance because my life has been so imbalanced because, well, frankly, we're, I'm a crack addict. I'm just a crack addict for different reasons. I don't smoke crack, right? But my crack is business, dude. Um, before it was BMX when I rode professionally. Now it's business and I obsess and I get crazy over it and I'm literally like a crack addict, bro. It's the reason why I have successful companies. So for me, everything in my life is like, yo, dude, back off, get balance because you can serve people better with balance. If I'm better taken care of, right, I can serve my community better. I can serve my wife better. I can serve everybody better. And that's what we're all trying to do. We're really just trying to be in service of other humans. That's all business really is, dude. I love being in service of other people. It's my favorite thing. Um, and I love when people are in service to me, it's, it's dope when all, everything, every aspect about balance and business is, is beautiful. But the problem is very few people pursue it like that. Like we have guys today that are constantly on the horn that are saying, 
grind culture, hustle culture. And I just disagree with all of it, man. I, I truly believe that I pursued that path and it did damage to me, like really bad damage. So my message is, yes, it's important to have a business and see success, but get a coach, someone that's really successful so they can teach you, hey, these are the easier steps to take of how to build the organization that you want to be in. I, I was hanging out with my friend Dylan yesterday and we were talking about being billionaires. And I said, I don't know if I ever want to be a billionaire. And then Dylan really sat down with me and he's like, hey man, you should not talk that way. And I'm like, why? And he's like, because you're, you're small-minding yourself. You're mentally midging out. And the way that you're doing is this is, how do you think billionaires are created? And I'm like, well, they create big companies, they do these things. And he's like, no, dude, none of that is true. There are billionaires that created that we know in Puerto Rico that literally just bought into the right crypto and they're billionaires today. They d took very little action. They just made the right steps and sure they were lucky or whatever. But we should all try to pursue a path in which we could accomplish massive everything on earth, right? And he then outlaid to me, your business and your product is so important to the world, you should become a billionaire because you could affect many more people around the world with the tools that you already have. And an offset of that would be you would help more people and your organization would be bigger, but that doesn't have to come with the same stresses that you think it comes with. It doesn't mean that you have to have 150 employees. It doesn't mean that you even have to have one. You can do those things in your own way. Just take the thought exercises and practice getting there in a less stressful manner. Because everybody, we glamorize this, this right here, what we're doing, right? This business stuff and starting a podcast. Um, it's dope. It's really cool. I get to hang out with um, two amazing people in a very professional setting, and we get to teach others. But the fact still remains that if we are unbalanced in our own existence and we continue to, whether it is drug use, which is the negative aspects of addiction, or whether it's the positive aspects of addiction, like being addicted to a business, right? We should try to pursue balance in our lives so that way when we all leave this earth, we feel much better about our time that we spent here. Um, because I think that people have a lot of regrets around how they spend their time because um, they're either caught up in an office job that they don't want to have uh, or they're caught in their chained as an, a CEO to having a bunch of employees that they didn't understand and how they built their business. And now they feel kind of tied down because they're like, man, my business is going through struggles and I have like all these people to take care of. And if I downsize, it's going to hurt them. And I know their children like that's its own type of golden handcuffs. Right. So I really think it's super important for everybody to reevaluate how we as human beings live today. Um, and we adjust that to take care of our own needs and the needs of others at the same time in form of business. I love that. And I love your, your boy for sitting you down and saying, don't think like that. Because if anyone deserves to be a billionaire for when I'm our conversation, it's definitely you. Because when I was, when I was listening to you talk, I was like, if you become a billionaire, that means you helped over a million people.
You know, and I, <clears throat> and I wish it was man. that simple every single time. You know, I wish it was, you know, because like you said, there's somebody that just made the right click at the right time and sold at the right time. And 100%. now they're on Puerto Rico and they never have to worry about a cash a day in their life. Yep. But someone like you who is in business because you like to serve others. If you become a billionaire, I know in my heart of hearts that I know a million other motherfuckers got some help too. Thanks, man. You know, and, that, and that's the difference. I wish it was always like that. You know, you look at Elon, you know, the companies that he creates, they they really do help millions of people. Oh, dude, they do. You know, and there's, there's a reason why. So like the whole be mad at billionaires thing that gets talked around, talked about in our society nowadays, like, yeah, there are bad billionaires, just like in Batman. But there also are good billionaires like Batman, you know, that wanted that want to do good work for other people. So if anything, we all want to be like Batman. That's what I got from that. <laughs> I mean, dude, well, we all have our own dude. Like this is how crazy people are, bro. You know, 60 miles above our head right now is outer space. It's only 60 miles, dude. Now, granted, there's gravity that you have to fight against, which is a big problem. But once you get out there, there's a whole bunch of rocks and stuff that you and I don't know anything about. And they have way more resources that is on the rock that we currently live in. So if that's no proof, that is the most definite proof that I know that we live in a world of infinite leverage. And we are truly kind of gods in our own right because if we weren't how in the hell could i live the life that i live today i literally feel like a deity sometimes because i'm like what the hell did i do to deserve all this yeah i that's trippy that you say that because when you just said 60 miles above us is space i was like dude when i ran 50 miles it took me 11 hours mm -hmm. so i should be able to run to space <laughs> in about 13, 14 mm, hours. Yeah, sounds true, right. bro. <laughs> Let me get my hocus on right now. And start running. If you could run straight up, right, <laughs> and you, you'd have to have oxygen. I <laughs> that, that too. I want to. I don't want to gloss over this because you said something that contradicts a lot of other people that are successful, and I think it's really important that we hear different viewpoints because there's more than one path, right? Just because somebody says something doesn't mean that's the only way to do it, right? So I think we should invite discussion and hear perspectives, but a common thing that we've heard over the last couple of years, Curtis, and you and I have heard it from certain mentors of ours that uh, we both subscribe to, there is no such thing as balance. <laughs> Fuck balance, right? You, you go on a scale, uh, you, get, you weigh yourself, there's a weight, you get off that scale, it zeros, right? Like there's no such thing as, as balance. And there's 24 hours in a day, balance doesn't exist because eight hours a day you're sleeping, you are working eight or 10 hours a day, that's 18 hours. And by the time you take your shit and maybe you're like me, you're on that, that, that you know, toilet, scrolling, reading, there's another hour, your legs are falling asleep. It's true you only got a couple hours with your kids, right? So like there's no balance is what a lot of people say. And you shouldn't chase balance because that means you're not pursuing greatness. You're not pursuing that, that promotion. You're not pursuing that business. But you said earlier, you love business. Like the business is what you're about. That's what you chase. But it sounds like you've been able to perfect this formula that works for you where you're super ambitious and being able to chase business and you're all about business and, and making it work. But then you also recognize that you need to slow down, pick up the flowers and smell the roses. Yeah. Right. So talk to me about the other perspective of fuck balance and how you kind of found your own method. Well, the first thing that I would say is 
Everybody really needs to be hyper aware of when they take advice from anybody, who they're taking advice from. Like everybody that's listened to this, please do your research on who I am. If you're, if you're observing my knowledge and you're trying to believe anything from it, at least do yourself the courtesy to like look up and verify me. Um, and you should do this with every person because we all have our own agenda. I can't be here saying I don't have my own agenda. That's impossible for me to say. Um, I, my own agenda is to, I mean, to be on this podcast and talk. That's my agenda, right? Um, so in the people that we sub subscribe to, I always look at them and I'm like, well, what's your business? And they don't practice balance because they're trying to sell what they're practicing to you all the time. Um, and this is what happens with a lot of mentors. They're, they're always trying to sell you their formula and what they did in their lives because it what's worked for them. And that's good because some people can follow other people's formulas, get a desired result, just like baking a cake. Sadly, I'm not one of those people. And I had to fuck up millions of cakes. Um, so after I got done messing up and I went through all this depression or if that's even the word for it, sadness. Um, then I said, okay, this is dumb. I'm going to just do the things that I want to do. So what I did is I just pursued ultimate happiness. And then I found that's really crappy, dude. It sucks, bro. Like I, I promise you, um, I love like one of my biggest passions in life is anime. I've never actually told that to people. Um, but it's, I could totally see that, bro. I'm, so, I'm a huge anime geek, bro. I mean, one of, I've, I've actually want to write my own anime. I'm so much of an anime okay. geek. Top, top three oh for, my the, gosh. for the winners. What, what they wanted to start today. Get Dude, the Hunter three. X Hunter is the best anime everybody in the world should watch. It's, there's no, there's no better anime made. I would say watch that anime. Um, and then I would say uh, explore from that point the different genres of anime because I'm a very specific anime guy. I like Hunter x Hunter type of action, drama, uh, fantasy type of stuff, but you may not be into that. And anime is some of the greatest storytelling on earth, like way better than movies. Like it's, it's literally the best storytelling I've ever watched. And I love listening to stories. I love telling stories. So I did all that and I got, it was even worse, bro. I was like, dude, there's not enough Hunter x Hunter, you know, <laughs> it ends. Um, and then I was like, dude, pursuing ultimate happiness kind of sucks. Um, people need struggle in their lives to live good lives, bro. Um, we need adversity. Um, we need struggle. We need to weight lift. We need to see hard times because if we did not, we would not see any progression and we would live very boring lives. And that's kind of what I figured out. So then I started trying to figure out different ways to kind of chop my time up, right? Like, because this is what you do when you have freedom of time. Like I've been, dude, thank you for whatever landed me in this life, bro. I'm just some dude, but I get to choose to do with my time at any moment. And that is something I will not sacrifice. Um, and people need to understand that I think you can't really learn about life until you stop worrying about finances. So how about you study that subject matter? It's not that difficult guys. Um, finance is a super easy subject 
And as long as you follow certain principles and you do things in the right mannerism, you can do great things. Um, and get the money situation figured out. That's the first thing that most people really need to do. And I hope that they get that stuff figured out earlier in their lives. So then they can live maybe like the Greeks lived, you know, the Greeks, they had like many different lifestyle styles. When they got old enough, they were required to go in the military and they would serve in the military and there was their military life. And then later on in their life, they were required to serve in the Senate and they would typically have, uh, anywhere from five to different, 10 different professions over their lives because they would kind of switch doing different things over every 10 year span. So that's kind of what I'm trying to do in my own life now is for my own growth, I'm trying to learn different skills, right? So I can still feel like I'm struggling and pushing and all that other stuff. And I'm also, for me, I'm fighting against my urge to work on my business every day, every moment, or be addicted to my cell phone every moment, right? And being plugged into that. So for me, it's just chopping up the time and being like, okay, you're going to give yourself this much time today to watch anime because it's your dopamine hit. Okay. And that's what Curtis needs. Cause he's, I'm, I have ADHD. At least that's what Courtney tells me. <laughs> and then once I've got my dopamine hit, I'm going to do some work stuff and then I'm going to cut that off. Cause I get a dopamine hit from that too. And then I'm going to move to the next project. And then once I get all the things done in my life that I want to do, I did typically do that throughout the first part of my day. Then the rest of my day is just straight kind of free time and joy time. And I really try to focus on being present with Courtney, not being on my cell phone, being present with my animals, bro, um, because they're just like kids, dude. And we don't spend enough time playing with our own children. Um, so that's kind of what I try to do in my life is I think we need to stop this nonsense of people talking like you need to, you need to build this business and you need to see success because your success is different than mine, bro. And you could be happy if you made a hundred thousand dollars or you made a million. Um, and I find personally that the more money that I personally make, generally I get more sad because it takes on, because it takes on more responsibility, right? Like you buy another house, you have to hire staff, right? You expand your company, you have to hire employees. You, you're always taking on more and more responsibility. And I just want less responsibility in my life, right? Because I just want to be free, chaotic, and do whatever I want with my time. But I can't do that because it's not fair to the people that run my organizations and that I lead and help me every day. Like, I have to spend time with them to help them grow like I should do as a responsible business owner. I'm not trying to build a corporate structure where we make a billion dollars. We hire 200 people and my company makes, you know, in business, they tell you you're supposed to make $250,000 off of each employee that works for you. I think, I think that's a crazy sick mindset, Jeez. but it's true. If you study business, um, they actually say successful corporations should make 250K off of each person they employ. Um, and I think this is a huge misnomer, man. Why don't we share more with the people that work in our organizations, at least for me? Because I see so much, 
separation in the world, dude. I see so much separation from CEOs running big corporations making lots of money, and then the people that are cleaning their bathrooms that aren't making anything, but they're getting tricked by saying, we're going to give you $20 an hour and healthcare benefits and a 401k. And then they live their lives cleaning toilets for eight hours a day, and then they retire and they have less than $100,000 to retire on. Why didn't you with the CEO, instead of being so worried about your board members and your investors, why weren't you worried about the dude that you were employed, employing cleaning your toilets? And why didn't you teach him how to be financially responsible? Why didn't you teach him what you're investing in in his 401k? You didn't. You just hired him. You put him in no offense to anybody, modern day slavery in my opinion, and you chained him down with a set of golden handcuffs. Um, I believe that we should restructure most things, right? We, everybody I think can run their, run their own independent businesses. If we were all of the same equal and knowledge base, let's say we're all as smart as Elon Musk, everybody on the planet earth, okay? Do you think if everybody was smart as Elon Musk, we could all operate our own businesses working coherently together, and we would probably accomplish 10 times more on the planet Earth. We'd have robots and shit tomorrow, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so I just think people should really pursue trying to find intellectual paths to do what they want to do in short time frames, and not get so caught up in their addictions unless they really enjoy them and they're healthy for them. Like if your addiction is running and you have the financial freedom to run every day and it's not causing you any problems, fantastic, bro. You're the you're living the life because you have an addiction that's healthy for you. You have freedom of time. That's dude, that's perfect, right? But people can't do those things because they're either too busy living or they're caught up in the game of money. Um JLD, um if you're listening to this, John Love you, bro. That's John Lee Dumas. He is a great podcast. He's a good friend of mine. Um, we were sitting down two weeks ago, and he said, you know, what does every entrepreneur not have? And I'm going to ask you guys this. What, what do you think that answer is? What is every entrepreneur does not have this? Time to not work on the business. <laughs> it's close. What do you think it is? Lack of confidence. Enough. That's the mm. answer. They never have enough, bro. All of them. When I looked at my bank account and there was a million dollars, I didn't feel like it was enough. Because I have the addiction of not enough. So JLD sat down and explained that to me. He's like, bro, we need to build lives that we have enough just in our own ways. Because if we don't do that, then we're always going to be caught on this path of working our lives ourselves to death. And we're going to die with a billion dollars in our account. And that's going to suck, right? We don't want to do that. I don't think so anyways, right? Um, I just want to have the time and freedom to do what I want with my own time, but I also want to still have the struggles and help people because I don't know, dude, frankly, I'm just some redheaded kid from Wyoming that barely knows how to spell his own name. And if I was to ever write you a handwritten note, you would understand how uneducated I really am. Um, but you get to talk to me and what I'm educated in, which is articulation. Um, cause I'm a professional salesman. I t articulate well, I suppose. Um, so I guess the message is dude, just 
that balance thing, bro. It's really important, man. It's more important than anything else. Find your definition of success. How much money you actually need. What is enough enough? What are you actually going to do with your time when you have freedom of time? These are really hard questions to ask yourself unless you're faced living with them. And then when you live with them, you're like, man, life is actually kind of complicated. And you feel like a bitch the whole time, bro. It's so messed up. Can you imagine? Do you know how, mad, how fucked up it is when you're sad and you have all the things that I have? It is so dumb, bro. You can't go to a normal person and be like, where is me? I've got money in my bank. I've got health and I'm sad. That's stupid, bro. And that's because I didn't have balance. My, as you said, my cup wasn't full, bro. Mm. So I want to break down some fire points that you dropped for us, Curtis, for the winners. So you know, when you were explaining kind of the, the balance model, uh, Frankie Beverly song came in my head, joy and pain. You know, you can't have joy without pain. Just like there's no sunshine without rain. Yeah, man. You know, so that's what I thought of when you were explaining that balance versus hustle. And it's really stuck with me, man, because it's not like more money, more problems. We all hear that. But what I gathered from someone who actually has money, which you just explained to me, is it's more money, more responsibility. You are responsible now because you have the money and the time and the expertise to create a better life for the people that you work with. You have responsibility now because you don't have to clock in and, and slave away to where you need to be more present with your partner. You have a responsibility now to actually give this information now that you've got it to people like us and to the winners because you do have it. So it's, it, it really clicked for me. It's not more money, more problems. It's, it's, it's a problem if, you don't, if you're not responsible. It's very you true. If you're not going to live up to your responsibility of somebody of influence. And I'm really glad that you are taking on that responsibility, man. Um, and then the Greek method. I love that idea of this Greek method where, you know, the winners basically, if you miss that every 10 or so years, try and find a way to reinvent yourself or challenge yourself in a new way so that you can remain humble in the fact that you're an expert in one lane, but you're a beginner in another. 100%, man. And if you can keep doing that and keep reinventing yourself using this Greek method, you'll never not have the challenge of learning something new in life. You'll never just be at the top of Mount Everest again and looking around and there's nothing else to climb. There's always something to climb, especially if you reinvent yourself and choose another mountain. So true, man. So true. So someone that has the experience, you know, is experienced success, has success, and your success has come from the financial world. You obviously know a thing or two about financial literacy, you said something earlier that I want you to share with the winners as far as having some financial principles that, that you live by. What do you think are a couple of financial principles that every single person, whether they're making 50,000 a year, 500,000 a year can live by that's going to help them with their financial situation? Ooh, I love that question. Um, and I'm probably going to offend some people, uh, and I'm probably going to make some others happy. Um, it's a balance in that as well. Um, first off, we'll, we'll talk about guys like Dave Ramsey. He's very famous and he has lots of followers and he has great methods on getting out of debt and he has great methods on savings. Um, I don't believe that's the path to wealth though. I only believe it's a, a stepping stone to get there because you, um, it's very hard for you to think clearly if you don't start from a clean slate 
And what I mean by a clean slate is generally people do not experience no debt in their lives because they're too changed to the system. They turn 18 years old, they go to college, they get in um, consumer debt from their school loans. Then they go out into the real world, they get a car loan and they get a mortgage. Um, and these are chains uh, to that society makes to keep us in the system, to keep us working in my opinion. So I believe that we should in that mannerism try to start with a clean slate if it's possible um and then once we start with that clean slate understand the fastest way to gather wealth is through leverage um what i simply mean by this is borrowing is something that's like super important to me and it's something that i fight against all the time because my dad's a dave ramsey dude like he's the most frugal man you'll ever meet bro i think Um, I actually can't like, he has a lot of liquidity in his bank account and he lives in, uh, Wyoming and he never invests any into anything. He just works and saves because he doesn't know any different. So what I literally have to do for him, I have a loan with my father that I pay interest only 12% interest on for 200 grand. And I've had it for three years. I don't need that money. I just pay him 12% on his money because I use it in different investments and I know I'm taking care of my father in a sense because his, his money is working for him, right? Um, because he's too caught up on the frugality game, right? Um, I think the fastest path to wealth is through proper leverage and proper leverage can be done in many different ways if we want to get super technical. Like you can borrow money at 0%, which you should, the best thing to do i mean right now we live in a world where prime rates are approaching like six seven eight percent but they're still giving you teaser rates on credit cards at zero percent dude you can do a lot of damage with that um so i just believe in starting like learning the game of saving because you have to like you got to save money for yourself but also learning the game of leverage because you need to accelerate at some point in time. And when you're on a rocket ship, fucking give it some gasoline, dude. Like, do you know how many times I see people that start businesses and it is a rocket ship and they don't have any gasoline, so they just kill their own business? I was one of those people. I would be 10 times richer today if, Jesus, back in 2014 or whenever I started my company, I would have ran ads, dude. Like I would have just taken credit cards and ran ads because today I have, there's 200 people running ads in my space. When I started, there was like zero bro, like none. Right. Um, so I would have captured a larger audience space. I would have had a bigger sphere of influence as garden Grant Cardone says, I would have bought my space. Right. So that was an example of me not having gasoline. It's a balance of these Financial principles are based upon three things, and I'm stealing this from Grant Cardone. You need to learn how to make money, you need to learn how to keep money, and you need to learn how to grow money. Making money, I do not mean going to work for Daniel or Curtis so we can give you a paycheck. That's not making money, man. That's modern-day slavery, unless you work for me because I'm going to teach you financial principles and I'm going to make you a badass, frankly. But um, most organizations are not set up that way. So people go to work for others and they never learn the first thing about making money. Um, A true person that knows how to make money, you could strip them naked and throw them outside of this door 
And by the end of the day, they would have clothing, they would have money and a place to stay. And I bet you most of the people in this room, at least I know, I don't know you very well, but I do know me and you, if they stripped us naked and put us on a street corner, we would have all those things by the end of the day, guaranteed. Um, and we probably wouldn't even have to go to jail. <laughs> um, so uh, that's the first principle of making money is you need to learn how to be a producer, right? You need to learn how to produce something to create a desired result so you can make money without the assistance of, without the assistance of someone else giving you all this crap, okay? The second thing is you need to learn how to save money. And I think Charles Munger said this better than anybody else. The first $100,000 is the hardest. And this is a true fact. This is why I tell people to borrow it because it's super hard for you to save $100,000, but you should. Um, cause once you save a hundred grand, you know that you have the principle of saving and you have a nest egg to invest in something and do damage, um, to shortcut that process. Like I said, you can just borrow a hundred grand, but then you're taking risk. Most people don't like to take risk. Um, and the third area is learning how to grow money and growing money can be done in many different ways. You could buy a piece of real estate. You could rent it short term, long term, mid term. You could buy a stock portfolio. You can get, get paid dividends. The stock yield could increase. You could start a business. You could hire employees. You could buy a car. Dude, there's a million ways in which to grow money. It's just about controlling an asset, which could be defined as anything. Um, humans are assets. Cars are assets. Asphalt can be assets. Anything that you um, get to somebody else that it gives you a positive net gain in money yield is an asset. This table was an asset to somebody. Your, was, a, your ass can be an asset in 2023. <laughs> oh, damn straight, dude. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> this is what I mean, man. But most people don't think of things in this way. Most people don't ever ever think of things in, in the construct of, hey, in life, we, we, if you just know how to make money, save money, invest money, and the better that you get at those three skills, that's how you figure out the money game. It's very easy. For me... Because I've been doing it for 10 years. Now, the guy speaking to Curtis 10 years ago, when I, I didn't know any of this stuff, please read and get a fucking mentor. And how you read is you read one book, not 10, and you follow everything in the damn book and you try to accomplish something in your life, okay? You actually take action. And to find a mentor, what you do is you find the best version of whoever you want to live like, okay? And you annoy the shit out of that person to get in contact with them because it, like, that's generally the mentor that you want doesn't mentor people. But if you find him and you get in contact with him and you approach him in a right way and you say, hey, Daniel, you own this dope company. You've done all this stuff. You're in the same industry as me or whatever it is. Is there any way that I could pay you for advice once a month? Dude, every business owner I've ever approached with this, even guys that are truly billionaires, they've all said yes to this because I pursued them and I asked them in an appropriate way. And even if they say no, then they weren't the right mentor for me. But we need to find those two things. If you're like stuck in that position, you need skills. You can gain skills from reading books or working for somebody and you need a mentor. And a mentor can be your friend, but I just in the professional world, you should pay for a, a success coach. You know, I hate that term 
because a life coach, a life coach, because <laughs> somebody's got that buzzword yeah. out there and they're shelling shit to you on it. Right. Find the person that you want to teach you and then have them teach you once a month and just follow their guidance. It's in, super important, man. This is the reason why I've seen success in my life because I've been, um, my favorite quote of all time, um, is if I see, have seen further, it's because I stood on the shoulders of giants and it's a fact I've seen further in my life and I've done bigger things because I've stood on the shoulders of many giants and those giants, some of them are still alive today. Some of them are dead, but I've stood on the shoulders of so many people that wrote books that have affected my life or luckily I'm a guy that came from an entrepreneurial family, which is crazy. And we're not successful entrepreneurs. Don't get that twisted. They're just guys that we have a family of a whole bunch of people that know how to run small American businesses that made me make a hundred thousand dollars a year. Um, but they stopped, they taught me business principles. They taught me that you should build a business cause it's freedom. And that was really dope. All right. So can you share a story of how you got your first mentor that, you know, provides some impact to you? Ooh, okay. Oh, man, that's a good story. All right. So, um, and I can't mention names cause this guy's a, a big deal. Holy field. Um, so I'll kind of tell the story in a vague way. Um, I went to a party with Courtney. Okay. And I thought I had everything I wanted. I never really paid for a mentor because I hadn't found the person that I thought was going to be like that guy for me. Right. So I went to this house party of Courtney's family friends and we get there and there's this man and he owns the, one of the nicest houses I've ever seen. And I'm like, Hey, is this your house? And he's like, yeah, my name is so-and-so. I'm not going to tell you his name. Um, and yeah, you're Courtney's uh, boyfriend. And I was like, yeah, I am. Nice to meet you. And I was like, because I'm weird. I'm like, what do you do? And I'm not going to mention the name of this company because it's a really big company. It's actually a bank. They got bought out by, they got bought out by Umqua Bank. Okay. Um, so now Umqua owns their company, but it's probably when I met him, he owned the third largest equipment leasing company in the United States of America, um, which was crazy. And I then mentioned, he's like, I do crazy loan stuff. And I was like, well, so do I. That's insane. Um, and then he told me the name of his company and I told me the name of my company and we'd done business together. I'd referred him equipment leasing deals. He knew my company. I knew his. It was kind of interesting. And then that's how I met him. Now it took me two years to get the balls to ask him the question if he would mentor me. Because, um, I mean, dude, he's order of magnitudes larger than I am like way larger. And I had the added emotional weight of him knowing Courtney's family. So it was even more complicated. So I, uh, eventually got the courage up. I got his phone number. I asked him if I could pay him. He said, yeah, dude, of course. Um, and then I sent him an email and then now, uh, well, we don't talk too much as much anymore. Cause I think I've progressed to the, the points that he wanted me to. Um, but man, dude, he helped me become much, much better. Like in so many areas, dude, he helped me in connections with my business. He helped me connections in my life in helping me understand balance, all of those things. And he's now, a, 
I'm a dear friend. And I, he's getting older, so I'm sad because he, I know I'm going to probably have to watch him die. And he's getting to the point where like, he's like a second kind of father figure to me anymore. You know, what was the number one specific lesson that you got from him? (sighs) Most valuable one. Um, it's probably not going to work for everybody else because it's very it's very specific to me. But the biggest value that I got from him is him teaching me that as a person, I struggle to think largely. It's like really bad. Like I can't think big. When I started my business, I wanted to make a hundred thousand dollars a year, even though I'd made well more than that. I was just like, I want to build a business where I can make a hundred thousand dollars a year. And then I got addicted and I was like, I want to do a hundred thousand dollars a day. Um, so he, I think the most important thing that I truly learned from, from him is he really helps me identify the moments in time in which I thought too small. And he helped me get that picture of what I said earlier, that space is not too far away from us. We live in a world of infinite leverage and we need to think in these ways because we don't, man, we, God, dude. We cut ourselves off the knees as business owners every day. If we would just stop ourselves from thinking so smallly and be better leaders, we would have way better organizations. So I think it was it was probably that just me help he really helped me identify the things in my life that I was mentally measuring out on and I was thinking way too smallly on. And he really helped me gain the perspective of you can have it all you can do these things and it's important for you too. I feel like my takeaway from that is like, you you don't really know how big you can do it until you meet a giant. You're true, man. That's, that's the truth because he is a true giant. And to define what a giant is guys like, okay, I asked this man once how much he had in a stock portfolio and he giggled because he wouldn't tell me. Um, cause he probably didn't want to make me sad cause that's how much money he had in it. And he said, well, I sold all of my stocks and then I rebought in a couple weeks ago in one of my, one of my portfolios and my fees for selling were $5.7 million. And I don't know that not much about stocks, bro, but if you got fees of $5.7 million for moving money around, I don't even want to guess the magnitude of volume that you had to move around to get charged that amount of money, dude. It doesn't even make sense to me. Jeez, I mean. You imagine me in their broker? Like, that's a fact commission check. Dude. <laughs> I, and I was like, bro, it doesn't even, I was like, how can you have fees? And he's like, bro, because you got to understand when you move things that are that large, it gets really complicated, man. You at least, at least a billion dollars, right? A hundred million dollars, five million is five percent, right? So, dude, I mean, we're talking five hundred million to a billion dollars would be my guess in yeah. one portfolio. Yeah, yeah, dude, mega rich, bro, mega rich. I mean, dude, this guy got bought out by Umqua, and he was worried that Umqua was too small of a bank. So he negotiated with Umqua to make sure that they could handle his business when they acquired him. Yeah. It's a big set of balls right there. <laughs> <laughs> That's a giant, bro. That's a real giant. Like his level of expertise in my field, especially is like nothing I've ever seen. 
he's like talking to an Ivy League lawyer um, because he's worked with the Ivy League lawyers for decades. You know what I mean? Pretty amazing, dude. Since I know your one of your areas of expertise is, is debt, kind of talk a, a little bit about how you view debt and how some of the winners can use debt, use leverage to to make money. Maybe you can share some specific stories, some specific examples, um, and just to kind of give you guys context, uh, winners, you know, Curtis has been helping people leverage and, and use debt in a good way for a really long time. And all of us here listening, our parents have taught us that debt is bad, right? So kind of shed light on debt and leverage in a more specific manner. Well, we first have to be very transparent about there's two separate types of debt, and we really need to understand what these debts are. The first type of debt that I'm going to talk to you about is consumerized debt. This is the debt that we all get into because we want to buy Christmas gifts or we can't afford the car that we want or we can't afford the house that we want and we buy, we keep up with the Joneses, let's say, and we get into negative consumer debt. All I have to say about that shit is no. In my world, it doesn't exist and it never has. I've never in the only thing that I can say I've gone into debt in. Nope. Can't even say that. I, I once built a BMX bike off of a student loan, but um, I got paid professionally to ride for Etnies and it paid me more than that bike. Dude, cost. I had a sweet pair of Etnies back yes, in sir. seventh grade. Shout out, dude. Yes. Is Shout out still to Etnies, bro. Any still have shoes? Yeah, they, still they do. Need to be, dude. And you know? uh, Jamie, if you ever hear this, bro, he's the uh, Midwest coordinator for all of uh, Etnies, bro. You changed my life a long time ago. Really? Yeah, dude. I used to have Etnies, Osiris, Americas, DC, Americas. Oh, yeah. The shit. Crew, crew jeans. Etnies, dude, yeah. they're still a pretty big company. They yeah. still uh, employ a decent amount of uh, athletes. Okay. Dude, skate, skating's yeah. never going to die. Yeah. Skating oh. will never die. BMX no. will never die. It's true. I agree. Fullheartedly. So, the consumer debt stuff, I just, all I have to say to anybody is just don't participate. Period. Period. And if you don't think that you can, I, I can tell you, I have literally lived on the street. And I have fished for food. And if I can do it, you can do it too. Consumer debt is an absolute non-negotiable. It's zero. It cannot exist. Because if we get into debt for things that do not produce us money or do not benefit our lives, this is the definition of stupidity. Um, and it is committing financial suicide. So just do not do it in everything that you can. Now... Let's talk about the other types of debt. There's only two other types of debt that I think exists, and that's the debt for uh, gaining skills, like personal skills and knowledge. Um, and then there's the debt for uh, buying products uh, like cars, homes, and all that other stuff. So acquiring personal debt, when you acquire personal debt, personally, you should only ever acquire it through 0% interest credit cards. And there's four principles that you need to learn about credit cards. I've said this in many interviews, but um, the first one is a credit card gives you chargeback protection. So if you pay anybody and they do not deliver your product, you can charge back against them. Um, it sucks 
especially as a business owner. I hate chargebacks, but I love them as a consumer. Chargebacks means you get your money back for that charge you put on your credit card. Right? 100%. If I paid, let's say some guy billed me $1,000 to do marketing and advertising for me, and he never did anything, then I can call American Express and I can say, hey, American Express, John Doe stole the money from me. It was fraudulent. Can I get it back? They will issue a charge back, and in most cases, you'll get reimbursed. Um, so that's the first principle because there's always times in life, especially in business, when you pay somebody, they're going to rip you off. That's why I always try to pay with credit cards because that way, if I get ripped off, I call American Express. Um, the second principle is the principle of default. If we default on the bank's money, we should do it intelligently because fuck the banks, bro. Fuck them all. I hate them. Um, the reason I hate them is because they don't get to participate the same by the same rules that you and I do. They, they lobby and they create rules and laws that I could go into that damage everybody else and help them. Um, but they're just bad organizations. So if they, they can today use infinite leverage, which means they don't even have to have a 10% reserve. Okay. So why don't we do the same to them? Why don't we take the 0% teaser rates that they give us and why don't we deploy it in a positive way? And if we deploy it in a positive way, but it blows up like a hand grenade, we work with a lawyer. We do what is called offer and compromise. That's a fancy word for saying settlement. And we settle on all of our credit card debt for typically less than 50 cents on the dollar and we get it negotiated off our credit reports. That's what you should do if you have credit card debt, by the way. You should not work with Freedom Debt Relief. You should get in t contact with a lawyer that does offer and compromise, and they can help you. It's so what all we do in our organization. When someone collapses, we refer them to a professional. Um, those are two important principles to remember about credit cards that no one talks about. The other two are, dude, teaser rates, bro. We live in a world where a bank will give you 0% on a credit card for up to 24 months. Yeah, that is insane. Um, so only use it during that teaser rate. And there's always a teaser rate that exists on a credit card. Um, whether it's for 29 days or two years, it still exists, right? If we have debt on a credit card that has interest on it, pay it off on the 29th day in full. You'll never get charged interest and you'll collect points off the card. It's amazing. Or if you need to hold that, you should only hold that on a 0% credit card. And on top of all of that, they will allow you to grow your credit limit as your company grows. So if you use money in a personal sense to like borrow it to learn a skill, you should use 0% credit cards because there's no better loan product that exists on the planet and you should keep your money somewhere else. Um, you should invest it safely somewhere else or you should save it for a rainy day or something. Um, you shouldn't take risk with risks with money. You should take risks with the bank's money. And if those risks don't pay off, then you should negotiate with the bank just like they do to not pay them back. Um, because they Makes created <laughs> they created that shit out of thin air, bro. Come on. They printed $4 trillion of it and they live in a system in which they can do infinite leverage. You should do the same to them. So if you acquire debt, that's my opinion on how you should acquire it. And you should only acquire it to gain skills that will help you make money, better your life, create a net positive result, or you can use money to buy something that's like a physical object. 
And I'll give you a specific example on this. And this is how anybody in this room or listening to this podcast can become a millionaire. I guarantee it. All right. So in the world, we're just going to use Airbnb as an example because it's the crave that everybody has been on over the last two years. Okay. So on average, most Airbnbs have done properly make a 20 to 30% yield. Okay. Um, if you're doing them badly, you can get a 10% return on your money pretty comfortably. Um, please do your own research. This is just an example. So what we do is let's say we're going to go out and we're going to get a first time home buyer's loan. Okay. And I don't know all the rules. I'm not a mortgage person, but I do know you can definitely get away with paying less than 20%. So we're just going to cut it in half and say, you're going to put 10% down, which you could probably go lower than that, but I'm, I don't know, talk to a mortgage professional. We're just using this as an example. So what we do is we have a good credit score. We have no money. Okay. We start a business. We get a hundred thousand dollars in 0% credit cards. Okay. We take that hundred grand as a business debt. We go through a law firm. We escrow that money to a seller to buy a piece of property at 10% down. Um, we're, our, let's say our rate's like 5%, okay? Um, and then we buy a million dollar home, all right? Now, the mortgage on a million dollar home, let's say the mortgage is going to be, I don't know, 70 grand with interest rates of probably a burn rate of what you're gonna pay per year on a million dollar home. I don't know if that's correct. Um, and then let's say, the home produces a, a 10% yield, okay? So it makes 100 grand off of rentals per year, all right? So you buy the house, you go to work. The first problem that you're gonna have to deal with is you're not gonna be making money for like two to three years. The reason why you're not gonna be making money is because your job is to make that thing try to produce more than a 10% re, uh, result. So you have one year that you get a 20% result and then you pay off your credit card debt right? You got to learn how to become a business owner like um, that. And that's what's dope about Airbnb. You can adjust your house, right? And this is why I'm using it in this example, because you have a rise. It's the same. I don't like long-term rentals because it's hard to uh, get a larger return out of it. With a short-term rental, I can bill it to a corporation and they can give me a big return, right? Um, so, we follow that strategy. They take the hundred grand from their business. They move it through a law firm. They buy this house. Okay. Over the first three years, they don't make any money. None. All the money that they make goes towards paying their staff, paying off their credit card bills um, and all this stuff. But after three years, we're just going to say they eliminate all of their credit card debt. Now, the thing that sucked for them is they didn't do it in one year. So they got punishment on interest and all different types of stuff, but they got the home for free. Doesn't matter, right? Then they continue to do that. And over 10 years, well, they made a million dollars in the business. And if they would have been educated, right, they could have paid off most of their mortgage. And theoretically, if you got any type of movement in the price of that house, you would be over a millionaire just from buying one home. But the problem is, this takes a ton of risk, a lot of research, and um, people are very scared because 
they don't know anything about the home buying process. They don't know anything about the numbers to Airbnb. They don't know anything about how to acquire the $100,000. That's why I use it as an example because it's very complicated. Things that get you returns, guys, are complicated. Like everything that I do is complicated. I had to learn how to do it, right? But now that I know how to do it, it's child's play. I enjoy it. It's very easy. Same thing with Airbnb. I think it's child's play. I enjoy it. It's very easy. It's why I own three beachfront houses and we just got an offer accepted on another one like yesterday, right? Um, so only use debt for things that you believe strongly that you can get a net positive yield from and you will always see success. Just thinking back to 2020 when rates were at zero, houses were in the shitter because everyone was too scared. Yep. If you knew this play. Dude, and if you would have paid attention to my, all the, I've, I have 10 years of information of me being on Facebook lives every day screaming about this shit. Yeah, he was in his golf cart <laughs> on the beach just going live. Just, <laughs> just fire. I remember that. Yeah, I do. I try to do it all the time because, dude, I was screaming at people when rates on houses were so low. I'm like, we've never seen this. It's going to change. Um, Jason Hartman is another person that was big on this, dude. He like did so much content around this. And now we see rates that are going up and people are like, I'm so scared to buy. That's because they just don't know a bunch. Thank you. Be scared to buy. I'll buy the houses. It's okay. Man, we, <laughs> we could uh, really nerd out yeah. this kind of stuff and, and, and really get nitty gritty. This has been uh, a ton of information. It's like a master class, dude. Yeah, a for, for sure. I mean, winners, you guys need to rewind this a couple times. There was a, a lot of, it's a plethora of knowledge that uh, you dropped. So Curtis, where can people find all your stuff and the people that are like, man, I, I got to learn more from Curtis because, because you, you didn't really plug yourself. And so I need to do it for you. <laughs> Thanks, Curtis bro. can, get you, <laughs> Curtis can get you guys 0% money. So he can get you 0% for six months, 12 months really depends on your credit and then how you use that money. Like Curtis says, you're the captain of your own ship, right? So Curtis can help you with a lot of different things, but I think one of his most sexiest offers is helping you guys get 0% money, especially with interest rates going up, right? So sure. where can people find you? Um, so my companies, uh, my main company is Lending America, uh, very well branded on the internet. My second big company is Blackbridge Holdings. It's a Reg D hedge fund. Um, no, we're not raising money. No, do not call me trying to put money in my hedge fund. Um, uh, but those are my two companies. You can look them up. There's tons of information about what they do. If you want information from me personally, uh, please add me on Facebook, punch like on one of my videos. And I, anybody that does that, I do actually accept as a friend. Um, and I try to keep my list super low. I always try to keep it under 5,000 people as possible that as that can be. And I create videos every day with no, well, every day is not true anymore. It's more like weekly um, of uh, content with no call to actions, no selling, nothing. Just content that I wish I would have heard as a 20-year-old Curtis. Um, and hopefully uh, I give um, good advice in that stuff because it's not only helped me in my own life, but... Um, I try to do at least one video and it's specifically around finance because that's what I'm really talented in. 
I, I can't teach you guys how to live life, man. Trust me. But I can teach you how to develop credit. I've done it, oh God, hundreds of thousands of times with people. Um, and our business has done really fancy things. And you can look those up on the internet. But Curtis Nally on Facebook, um, I don't have Instagram, no other social medias. I that, think you would do very well on Instagram. Instagram is a very visual type of platform and the drip that you have like curtis has i'm pretty sure they're board shorts with a cat a, a lion a lion on it's a, the rasta lion yeah, yeah. And, and they're yeah. super colorful he's got some slides on <laughs> like, he's just dripped out like i wish i had curtis's style Dude, and wow. uh, that's a huge compliment i mean bro. Dude, you got good I style it. i like right? it so i think you would crush instagram and oh for sure so yeah give curtis a follow he's uh really funny on, on facebook he posts some good <laughs> content but then there's a lot of information a lot of really good education so all the links for his profiles his company website uh spelling of his name all that stuff we will put that in the show notes so curtis thanks for stopping by and uh spending a good hour with us man you really dropped some some knowledge for the the winners bro i'm just happy that you have this podcast bro like i listen to your podcast all the time and uh it's dope it affects people's lives and people need to learn more about even what you do above what I do. Cause it's the same. I talk to so many people every day that mess up liquidating their retirements when they could have taken a loan against it. Um, or it's just fascinating. I don't know. It's been a fun ride. <laughs> Keaton and I were just talking about this. You're going to be episode 110 plus. That's amazing. And uh, we've been doing this for almost two years and man, we had a guest sitting here, couple weeks ago and he's like this it nerd like data security expert like like companies hire him to go hack into their company to like see if their data their it is on point and like dude he scared me so much like i want i wanted to i was like all my passwords like i'm about to get i got the same password since i was in high school he's got me after he got off the podcast you're like hey man i need you for a little minute you need to come in the back and check out my for real i was like hey i got all my passwords saved on my notes for my iphone is that okay he looked at me like dude you know you're an idiot so man but you know the podcast uh is extra special because of guests like you yeah, so man. and 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 you winners you know as well listening to this you know we appreciate you guys feed feedback you guys shouting us out give this uh this at this show a subscribe if you've not already uh drop a review if you've not already go give curtis a follow he is definitely worth the follow and uh, reach out to him for uh you know some of the financial thing financial things that he can help you out with so winners we will catch you guys next week and uh pretty sure next week it'll just be Keita and i but you never know sometimes like curtis was on a whim he's like i'm in vegas i'm like dude we've been trying to like come on through connect so tune in next week guys it might just be Keita at the pool and me here uh Keita might be from the pool right or we'll have a guest i love it well catch you next time winners peace